0: Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Oh, this story. How many Christmases have you celebrated? Well, how old are you? (laughs) But how many of you, have you been lost in the wonder of Christmas? I just think Christmas with us is a series that will help us remember. He's here. He came. And he hadn't left. And the beauty of the God incarnate, I mean, think about it. The creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke everything into existence. He is with us. I don't know. There are a few things that just literally take my breath away and make me feel a sense of incredible awe. One of those, Bill Moyers, wrote a book several years ago called "A World of Ideas." In the book, he tells a story about Jacob Needleman, who went to the Cape to see a launch. And it happened to be Apollo 17. And so he we went over, and, and this was early. It was 1975, one of the best years ever, because the best people graduated from high school in 1975. <laughs> Am I right? I get a witness in the room? Come on. Put it in the chat if you graduated in 1975, if you can still see the screen. Anyway, um, I really, this story, I mean, it would be me. 1975 he's over there. And he said there was a bit of cynicism in the viewing area where they would view the rocket launches then. He said there were people drinking beer, party atmosphere, wise cracking, just kind of hanging out waiting for a 35-story tall rocket to take off. And then it happened. And what you're about to see is not the Apollo 17. It's Columbia, one of the shuttles, but still the same effect. Something happened. Watch this. It just makes you want to say, wow. In that launch, in that 1975 Apollo 17 launch, Jacob Needleman went on to say, you could practically hear jaws dropping. The sense of wonder filled everyone in the viewing area. And he said the most amazing thing, people got up and they were quiet. And they were kind. And they were helping one another. There were suddenly moral people because there was a sense of wonder. This sense of wonder was one that they experienced in the presence of something bigger than them. They knew it was big. I cannot imagine Anything bigger than the day we wake up and realize God came to us. He is with us. And the night where we hear the story in the first announcement ever was that night when everything changes. So for the next few weeks, we will focus on that account in what the angel said had happened. And the whole idea of Christmas with us is to help us grab this idea, just to try to wrap our mind around that God has come. And it changes today. It changes how we live. It changes our tomorrow. So back in 1906, there was a a man who was the chemist for Thomas Edison. He was a 33-year-old brilliant man, university professor, And he loved making stuff, and he kept making this thing, and he wanted to somehow see if he could ever get a device that would transmit the human voice through the airways. So, never been done. It's what we know as a microphone today, right? He thought, I can do it. And sure enough, he had it ready. And he chose Christmas Eve for the first time for the human voice to be transmitted through the airways. Guess what he chose to be the first word spoken into that device? What we're about to read, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. The story of the night that everything changes. I want you to stand. What we're going to do is we're going to say it together. Now, some of you memorize it. Some of you have it, and you use it every Christmas. You read this, which is great. Keep reading it. I don't know how many times I've read it, but there's something about it that never gets old. It just reminds me we're in the presence of something a lot bigger than us when we read this. So say it out loud with me. I'll be reading in the ESV. You follow along, but also speak it out as we read together. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. I think that night for the shepherds was like that day at the launch in 1975. They were lost in the awe and the wonder. An angel shows up. An angel appears, and there this angel tells them that God had come near. Now, let me remind you, they didn't know a God who came near. They they did not know about God coming to people. In fact, what they knew is what most knew in that day. God was a God who said, no, no, don't touch the mountain. Remember when Moses went up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments? Moses said, don't touch the mountain or you'll die. And there was smoke on that mountain. And you remember even the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant that occupied that holy place in the temple, the Holy of Holies? You remember it was sacred and the Lord said, don't touch it? And remember when all of a sudden they're carrying it across the Jordan River and it began to tip and some servants reached up to make sure it didn't fall and what happened to them? They died the Lord said don't touch it and you remember in the tabernacle and in Solomon's temple and even in the second temple of of Herod there was a veil that separated the holy of holies from everybody else And every Jew and even Gentiles that gathered in the court of the Gentiles knew they couldn't go near. They couldn't go in there. So everything about God had been distance. Even the Greek gods, the mythology of the day in which this was written, what was their deal? Well, their gods lived up on Mount Olympus. And their gods never came down. Their gods never. In fact, there was no other world religion system where God came to people. And so on that night, when the angel shows up, wouldn't you be shaking in your shoes? Excuse me, sandals? Wouldn't you be? Yes, you would. They didn't know that about God. Do you realize that? This same God who created the heavens and the earth, He came to you. He came to us And that announcement begins with these words. What are the first words out of the angel's mouth? Fear not. What is that? Why that? In fact, if you go to two other instances where angels appeared to make an announcement that was related to the birth of Jesus and his coming, there are two earlier ones in the Gospel of Luke. Both instances An angel starts his proclamation. One of them starts it with the words, fear not. The other one says it in the opening sentence. So it appears to me the coming of Jesus has something to do with don't be afraid. Fear not. And I think that's the message he wants us to get today. Fear not. Why? Because he is with us. Number one, his coming meant we don't have to be afraid of anything. He is with us. Now, just let that sink in for a moment. Some of you are facing some very difficult and challenging days. What's your greatest fear at this season? I mean, there's all kinds. My fear, I'm going to have to eat fruitcake. I still have it. It's, it's, it's traumatized me, okay? Okay. Lord willing, I'll make it through another Christmas season without it. Some of you have a fear of how are we going to deal with Christmas because there's somebody missing that was always there. Some of you have a fear not because somebody's missing, but because somebody's there. Do you know what I mean? Do I need to get a witness? <laughs> yeah, that's a fear. Some are afraid you don't have the resources to provide for Christmas this year and let me tell you that's a fear because you want to do everything you can for your kids you want to do everything you can for your family and you you're not able to some of you fear if you're going to make it to Christmas literally I mean the health issues and the challenges we face and everything that happens in our life you, you don't know we we are not promised tomorrow And some of you are just so busy with all the things you got to do, you just think, I I don't even know if I'm going to get it all done. There's so many fears in this season. So wouldn't it be awesome if God just spoke to us today and said, Fear not. I am with you. Do you know where that comes from? It comes from the name Emmanuel. Well, where'd that name come from? Well, I can tell you, you can find it in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. But Matthew's quoting from Isaiah. So this is what Matthew said. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name. Say it, Emmanuel. Now, Matthew's quoting it. Why? Because he's talking about Jesus. Where did Matthew get that? He got it from the Old Testament. He got it from the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 7, verse 14, that is the quote. So was that in Isaiah talking about Jesus? Yes. But was it talking about what they were going through at the moment? Yes. As you know, many prophecies are doubly fulfilled, perfectly in Jesus. Think about it. Ahaz was the king. The kingdom was divided. You have the north and the south, okay? Judah was the southern region. Israel was the north. And the north was coming after the south. Now, this is not a civil war as we know it, but it was close. Then Syria was coming. And so Ahaz was like, I got the stuff everywhere around me that is caving in on me. What do I do? And this is what God told the prophet. Tell him, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, how does that help me? Because that name means I'm going to be with you. That name is a sign that God will not let you go through all the stuff alone. He is with you. And you say that name when you're worried. You say that name when you're facing things. Just remember the angel said, fear not. Why? Because he is with us. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. The angel said, fear not, as though the times of fear were over and the days of hope and joy had arrived. Let me tell you, because of Christmas, because I know his name is Emmanuel, there is nothing out there that we ought to be so afraid of because he is bigger and greater than anything we face. Am I right? He is with us. And you know what else? He's for us. Fear not. He's for you. Now, I think the angel was pretty frightening. I, I mean, just the angel. I, you know, you, that's shepherds. My goodness, they're shepherds. They see sheep. And this angel appears, and there's something frightening about the appearance of an angel. And so probably the first thought that went through their mind was, has he come to get us? Is this angel come to condemn or hurt? You remember Joshua? One of my favorite moments in the Old Testament is Joshua was leading the children of Israel. This is in the book of Joshua. And he's leading them across the river, and they get into the promised land, and they're doing battle with Jericho and other cities. And all of a sudden, the captain of the Lord's army shows up, an angel. Some even believe it was Jesus. It could have been, but... We know the captain of the Lord's army. An angel shows up, and Joshua sees him, and Joshua's like, oh, my goodness. And I love what Joshua said. He looked at him. He goes, "Um, are you on our side, or are you on their side? Because whichever side you're on, I got a feeling they're going to win today. And you remember what the angel of the Lord said? I didn't come to take sides. I came to take charge. I just think there's something about the presence of the divine that scares people. I, I know some of you, it's hard for you to walk into church sometimes. Why? There's just something about being close to God. I mean, I've actually had people tell me they prayed. They, they, everything, it worries them when things are, are, are out of control. I've had pastors say, "Yeah, we, yeah, we were just afraid the service was going to get out of control. I'm afraid it's not going to get out of control. Don't be afraid of the presence of God. Why? Because he's for you. He didn't come to get you. You know why he came. You know why there's a Christmas. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And a lot of times we stop there, but look at verse 17 that goes on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So Christmas is not about God coming to get us. It's about God coming to save us and to say, I'm for you. Paul said it this way. What do we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against this? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I just think the angel said, fear not, because we think the presence of God has come to strike fear. Now, there is a fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is a great thing. The fear of the Lord means that you have reverence, that you respect who is God and who is not. And you never take glory. When you know God is for you, you give him glory. When you know God is for you, everything is about him. In fact, John, the author of the Gospel of John, but also wrote a letter called 1 John, he actually says that when you understand the love of God, it gets rid of fear. You're not afraid of him. No, you love him, and you glorify him. This is what he said. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and God didn't come to punish. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I just think the angel said, fear not, because God is for us. And he came at this season. This season reminds us that God is for us. And the last thing, he came to free us. You know, I don't know that we can understand the power of fear. But well, let me give you a Spurgeon quote, another Spurgeon quote Fear not, let God no longer be the object of your slavish dread. Stand not at a distance from him anymore. God has descended that there may be no hedge of fire, no yawning gulf, (laughs) Spurgeon, between God and man. In other words, when you understand what Emmanuel, what God with us, God for us means, then you realize God freed us from the slavery of fear. He freed us from the slavery of fear. Now, you're sitting there going, okay, so I don't understand the slavery of fear. I'll tell you who and what. Did you have a bully? Did any of you grow up knowing a bully? When you were a kid on the playground or a bully on the team or a bully in the classroom, wherever. Just raise your hand if you grew up you know what a bully is. Okay. Everything in your life revolved around that bully. I had one. I mean, I hadn't grown yet. I was, I hadn't, you know, I was just normal. Actually, I was small. And there was this one kid, and I'm going to call his name because he's probably streaming this from somewhere in the world today. <laughs> and man, every time I'd see him, I'd go the other way. He was always picking on me. And I routed my life. I built everything around it. I'm going to tell you what, when you have fear, you do the same thing. You'll do everything you can to avoid that Fear. I can tell you who the bully is, and I can tell you who controls your life is what is, your, what is it you fear most. That's what controls your life. Jesus came to set you free from that. He even sets us free from the fear of death. I mean, think about it. What's the worst that could happen to us? Well, we could die. Okay, if that's the worst, let me show you what Jesus did. Hebrews says, through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Meaning we live with this thing, oh gosh, what if something happens to me? He did not want you to live that way. He doesn't want you to live in your life around your fears. He doesn't want you to plan your life. He wants you to be free to be who he created you to be. And that's why he came to this earth. So fear not. Man, he set you free from that. So what is it you fear? What's going on in you right now? You say, well, I don't know, Pastor. I just, there's a lot of things. Can I confess to you? There are a lot of things in me that I fear. And every time I have one of them that comes back, I think of Paul, what he said to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor in Ephesus. This is what Paul wrote him. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. That didn't come from him. In fact, Jesus came to break the bondage of fear, not to imprison you with it. So it's about time that we let go of the fear. And I can't think of a better time when we come to celebrate Jesus coming to this earth. So what is it you're afraid of? I mean, be honest. Just think about it. Is it a relationship that's not going well? Is it something you're facing that you know you've got to do? Is it a medical thing? Man, health can scare the life literally out of you. I mean, you, all of us face that. And the older you get, the worse it gets. Do you have a fear of your job? I mean, you got a fear of financials? You don't know if you're going to be able to support yourself. You're not sure if you're going to do well. You're going to have enough money to retire. Or you're not going to have enough money to cover medical costs. I mean, think about all the things this time of the year that come to your mind. How about those fears that somebody might discover the real you? How about the fear of somebody rejecting you and hurting you, somebody actually exposing you? That's one of the fears we all deal with. Oh, if they knew, if they knew what I'm really like and if they knew what I face every day. Gonna read one of the best quotes I've ever read on this. Paul David Tripp, one of my favorite authors. Many of us are afraid of being known or afraid of honestly facing what's inside of us. Here's the good news of right here, right now, benefits of the birth of Jesus. He said, here they are. There's nothing that could ever be known or exposed or revealed about you that isn't covered by the present grace that is yours because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Did you hear what he just said? There is nothing in you that could be revealed or exposed or known that isn't already covered. That's why Jesus came. So you wouldn't have to live in fear. In a moment, we're going to just say, Lord, I'm laying down my fear. And I want you to lay it down. I want you to come to this altar. I want you to have the freedom to get on your knees at this altar and say, God, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm honest with you today. You know what I'm afraid of. And I'm not going through this Christmas season with this fear because that's why you came, to set me free from fear. Can I give you mine? For years, when Christmas came, I always was afraid that my mom and dad didn't, weren't enjoying the season or whatever. I was always concerned about it. I don't want to say the word worry, but that's what I did. I worried about them. And I did the same with my wife's parents, my in-laws. I just wanted them to be okay. I wanted them, everything to be right. Well, one by one since 2009, we've lost parents. And then up until this year, we just had one, my mom. And man, every Christmas... I would just think about her, and I was afraid that there was something she didn't have or, or whatever, even though we were doing everything we could. And you know what hit me the other day? I was listening to a song that was talking about Emmanuel. And all of a sudden, it hit me. Wow. I don't have to worry about her anymore. In fact, she's going to have the best Christmas she's ever had. She's with Jesus. And in that one moment, I realized, oh, my goodness, that's why he came, to set us free from the fears that so paralyze us. So today, his name is Emmanuel. God is with us. God is for us. And God will free us. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.